You're tuning into the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. As a best-selling author, certified life coach, and speaker, I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and transform you from the inside out. From time to time, you may hear a solo episode, but for the most part, we will be joined by real-life guests who have overcome adversity, but as they have done the work, today they are thriving. So grab your pen and paper as we get started and learn firsthand tips and tricks to change the trajectory of your lives so we can live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. This is a special installment um, that I am doing, and we are going to be meeting some amazing ladies within the next um, couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's get started and let's join in. Hi, how are you? Hi, Marianne. I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you. So let's get started um, by telling everyone your name and who are you and a little bit about your story. Okay. So my name is Sherry Farabee. I live here in the Tidewater area. I have been here for a little bit over 24 years. I'm not from here, but over half my life I have been. I'm a little military brat, so been a little everywhere, but um, I came here in 1999 mm -hmm. and my family began to be raised here. So I kind of just stayed, even though I wanted to venture out. I am a registered nurse. I've been nursing for about 17 years and my nursing has been in this area, I've worked in nursing homes, I've worked in the hospital, and currently I am a business owner of a home care agency along with residential supports, and I'm in the process of getting licensed to deliver hospice mm -hmm. along with being a um, consultant for home care, and now I am a first-time author, and so that's why I'm here with you. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your chapter. If you could describe your chapter in three words, what would those three words be? Oh, okay. So my chapter's name is Writers Have Rights Too. And so I'm going to say it in four words, okay? Okay. So a voice for my son. Mm. So. Um. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the story behind the chapter without giving too much because we want people to be able to, you know, purchase a copy? Yes, ma'am. So I am a mother of three, a grand, or well, I'm a meemaw, um, and a meemaw to one. And then my children have made me a grandma to multiple four-legged animals um, of all kinds. So, but my chapter is in reference to the loss of my son in July of 2021. Unfortunately, um, he he passed away and the person who um, killed him, unfortunately, was never held responsible. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Especially, you know, today we're recording this on yeah. Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. what I said was a voice for my son. I have battled with different ways to ensure that others are aware of what the law is in the state of Virginia regarding what happened. And so I'm just trying to continue to be a voice for him because he's no longer able to be a voice for himself. Right. So as yeah. painful as it is, this, these tears are not just because of Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. These are normal. And I, I push past them every day because I do have two other children and a grandson that I co-parent with his mom with. So 
tears are normal with the loss of a child mm-hmm. and tears are expected. So um, it would have been Mother's Day. It could have been a random day. They still fall, but right. I, I continue to push for him. Yeah. So what are some of the things, you know, for for someone that could be in your situation or that has experienced the loss of a child due to, you know, violence? You know, what are some tips that you can give that individual to persevere and keep pushing forward? So um, so I can tell you I can say a few things about it, but mine wasn't violence. Actually, my son was hit by someone who ran a red light. Mm. And so that's why riders have rights, too, because he was on a dirt bike. Okay. So going into it a little bit, that's mm-hmm. pretty much um, dirt bikes are illegal to be on the main road. And I mm-hmm. understand that wholeheartedly. So um, I would never challenge that. And I would never, you know, um, fight that that right. um, part of it. But unfortunately, her not being held responsible, which I go into details in the book about mm-hmm. is what I'm fighting for. And so what I say to um, other parents, you know, um, this is not part of a, this is not the club that you want to be part of. No one's asking to be part of this, you know, family or have this connection with someone. Um, it's a, it's something that, or it's a position that you're in that you pray no one has to go through. Unfortunately, there, are, you know, so many of us have to for different reasons, like you said, for violence or mm-hmm. for negligence, and you know, through natural causes as well. But it hurts more when it's an injustice mm-hmm. when. Someone should be held responsible for your for the loss of your child, right. but they're not. And so what I say is continue to push. You know, um, they're not here anymore. And it's a cliche. Oh, they, you know, they can't speak for themselves. So we're going to speak for them. However, it's much needed for someone who's going through the loss to have that peace of mind that you were you did what you could to ensure that their voice was heard beyond their ability to speak. And so, you know, every day for the first like six to eight months, yeah. it was, I mean, it's still difficult, but it was even harder then to get up and keep pushing and keep moving and, and being positive and smiling mm-hmm. because the person who made me a mom, because he's my oldest the person who made me understand the selflessness is no longer here, but I have other children and I have a grandson mm-hmm. that I have to, um, speak for and getting the information out about what has happened to my son and what didn't happen on the other end, I think is important so that if it can be a help to another family member or to our, our, our justice system, that there are parents out here who are not going to be complacent and be stagnant and not voice for their children. Um, I, I want to be that person, if I can, you know, if it can help. And I know it's a cliche, if I can help one family, that's how it is in, in nursing as well. If mm-hmm. I can just help one, but I truly mean that because I would have done something in honor of him for him, but for others who may be facing the same situation. Right. Yeah. That's so powerful. So what would you, so just going, digging a little deeper into, you know, your business and things like that. So it seems like nursing is a passion of yours. Um, Can you, you know, talk a little bit more about your business, um, what it is that you do and what was, you know, what led you to develop that business? Okay. So um, I've been a nurse, like I said, for 17 years. I started out as an LPN, worked back into becoming a registered nurse and then going back and get my bachelor's. And I worked in nursing homes for several years. And in the nursing home, for those who are familiar, you have one staff member to 
10, 15, 20, sometimes 30, and at night can be even more patients. And I've done the hospital where it's a one to five, one to six, sometimes one to seven, and you don't get that personalization. And so being able to care for others has always been something that I take take very, I'm very serious about. I am that mother hen to my siblings. I am that go-to niece or that go-to daughter for my family. And I am the same way with people in, in the public or in my community. And so I have taken that and poured into every client, every patient, every resident that I meet. So when I started doing that, I was, I then began to work in home care. And I was like, I'm able to keep in the people in their homes versus going into a facility. And so my home care business, that's what we do. We provide one-on-one -on -one care for you to be able to stay in your home versus having to go into a facility. You go into a facility and you really don't want to be there, but your loved one has to work or your loved one can't meet all your needs. Right. They begin to decline so quickly, the average one, because it's a change. They've been in their house, you know, for 40, 50, 60 years. And now you want me to go be in a bedroom where I have to share it with somebody and, you know, and I'm being interrupted. It changes so much of their mental health, their, their dynamics of their, them clinically as well. So with home care, you, it's one-to-one. -one. We come out to your house. We help you with the basic bathing, dressing, getting up and going to the bathroom, taking your medications, fixing your meals. We do those things to help you stay in your house. And so you may only need a couple hours a day. Your loved one may be working. So what we do is we're there while they're working and it truly allows you to um, be comfortable in your own environment versus having to be in a setting where you're not, the focus is not on you. And we do know as you get older, you're set in your ways. <laughs> and so that transition can be detrimental. So that's one part of my business. And I do it to provide the best quality of care and the best quality of life that someone can have. Another part of my business is um, it's still under my hope, care and love umbrella. However, I have residential supports for those with intellectual disabilities and developmental disabilities. So we're helping them come out of the institution environment and be in a more home like setting. And so in my group homes, it's one staff member to four individuals versus one staff member to 30 in a facility. And so you have Eastern State and Western State and things of that nature who, if they're, they're institutionalized, they're big. And so now they're in a home-like setting. They get to eat when they want. They get to, you know, drink when they want. They're integrated to the community. Um, they're, it's person-centered versus a large group trying to get through the day. So that's what I do in my group homes. And then I also help on the side. I have a side business, which is CDF consulting, but it's all nursing. Still, <laughs> I am helping people either start a group home, start um, um, help with their home care audits because, you know, Virginia is going to come check and see if you're doing what you're supposed to do and it can be costly. So I help with that as well. Um, and then lastly, along with my children who are intellectually delayed or have home care needs, I am part of a a, well, a school that will be opening in September. It's called Causeway Academy, where we work with children with special needs, K through four, in a smaller setting. So the school will never hold more than 25 students. So it's a one to five and a one to 10 ratio versus a one to 20 or one to 30. So if you see the trend, everything that I do is trying mm -hmm. to become more personalized and more individualized with the people that we're taking care of who are unable to meet their own needs. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, oh, the question has just escaped me. Um, what was the question I was just going to ask? 
Oh, it, it'll come to me. It'll okay. come to me. So, okay. Yes. Here it goes. So it seems like you're doing a lot and you're very busy. Yeah. So how do you take care of yourself? Oh, <laughs> so I've been, I'm going to say, so recently I was part of a magazine as well. It was called Power Magazine that just launched on my birthday, actually April 30th. Nice. That was, um, the visionary is, um, uh, Miss Janita Castile. And in that magazine, I'm not going to say a whole lot, but we get to tell our stories. And so how do I take care of myself? I mentioned it so many times in there, my village, I have been blessed to have a phenomenal village, which is my foundation. And you're like, but how is it taking care of yourself? They, they've done amazing taking care of me. And I keep being told, and my aunt just told me, so many take care of me because I constantly pour into others. Mm -hmm. And so I've been pretty blessed, um, even through this heartache and this pain, they've been right there. Come on, let's go out to eat when I don't want to celebrate my birthday. I didn't yeah. want to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, don't want to celebrate certain occasions. Christmas, they're like, hey, they celebrate me. And I'm very appreciative. Um, I'm like the I'm like everyone else. I like a good massage. You know, I like to, <laughs> you know, go get my manicure, my pedicure. Those are my few moments by myself. But I've surrounded myself with my family and my friends because losing your losing my son. You know, you already know that the loss of someone kind of brings you closer to other people, but the loss of him truly showed me that time is not promised, promised, and you have to make good with every moment that you have. And so I, I think over the last two years, almost, I have changed my outlook on family time and um, commitment to outings and, you know, baseball games, soccer games of other children, because you know, they remember those things. And I think that we all we have when someone is gone is memories. So I just want to make sure everyone has the best memory that they can of the time that we spend together. So self-care is being with those around me that I love. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the name of my podcast is Fearless um, Fridays, and I am known as the Fearless Living Coach. So what does fearless living mean to you? Oh, without boundaries living without boundaries, living without limitations. Didn't even know you were going to ask me that, but <laughs> um, living without boundaries, living without living limitations. I can truly say my son and those around him, they, they always like, she lived every day to his fullest. That's his nickname. And I can honestly say that, you know, you have to, you have to live like there's no tomorrow. And I don't want to be that somber person like on the, on this podcast, Oh, she's talking about death and things that nature, but it's a reality. Mm -hmm. You know, we know what's going to happen. We know it's going to come. So um, being without boundaries, without limitations and, you know, just getting out there and enjoying every day, you know, to its fullest. So, and you know, there are probably individuals that you may self um, may know that are not living a fearless life, that are not living life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. What what are some reasons that you think you know that happens that people are not living life to the fullest? Fear. There's a big one. Um, some being an introvert, you know, that social isolation, and then unfortunately, something that people don't talk about enough anymore, but I think it's starting to become more talked about is mental health. Some people don't understand what it's, what people with mental health are going through, right. whether it's depression, whether it's, you know, bipolar, or I'm going to say depression is a big one though. Mm -hmm. And so people don't because of their, they're scared. They don't know what, 
They want to have that control of what's next. And sometimes we don't know what's next when we're out there living without limitations and living without boundaries. We're, we're, we're so used to, I'm going to get up at eight. I'm having lunch at 12. I'm going to bed at six, but there's no deviation. If you don't have deviation, you're not truly living life to its you know fullest. That's so true. What are a couple of tips that you can share with someone so they can start living a fearless life? I, you'll see this in the book. Um, and I am going to say, cause I say it everywhere I go. You have to push past your quit. Um, that's a quote from a friend of mine. His name is Brian Patterson. And that's a business that he has is push past your quit. And honestly, for the last 20 months, I've pushed past my quit. When you don't want to go outside on that nice walk, push past your quit. When you don't want to get up and go to work today, why? Because you're just not feeling well. Well, there's someone who can't go to work, push past your quit. You know, when you're like, oh, I don't want to go hang out with them tonight. I'm tired. Go for a few minutes. You don't have to stay for two hours, push past your quit. And I say that without hesitation, without reservation. I do it frequently. And I've literally done that for the last 20 months, 20 months since my situation. And that has been what I've adopted. So push past your quit. Mm, I love that. I'm going to have to start using that myself. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. That's yes. awesome. And we'll make sure that we give proper credit. Yes. When we have it on the show notes. yes. That's awesome. So what's next for your business? What are you looking forward to um, in your business? Um, so I'm like, I, I, I mentioned it for a second. I'm excited about adding hospice to mm -hmm. the service that we provide. We're actually waiting for the Virginia Department of Health to come out and do our survey. Once again, there's a there's a stigma on hospice and I want to be able to, you know, teach people and educate them on the stigma that they don't have to be afraid of. And then hospice is a big help for families. And it's not about the person who is, you know, passing away or transitioning. It's about being that support for the family. And with everything that I've done, you know, providing that one on one and providing that nurturing and caring, you know, the families are the ones who need it most, the ones that still here need it most and the ones who are trying to manage it. So that's what's next for Hope Care and Love Home Healthcare Services, adding hospice to our service. And I'm excited about it. I um because I know what a change it makes for, for those who are in that process. And I also know that education on going to hospice doesn't mean someone's you're let you're giving up and they're mm -hmm. passing away tomorrow. It's all the different resources that we can encompass and give to you while you're going through the process. So that's what's next for Hope Care and Love Home Healthcare Services and me. Awesome, beautiful. So as we get ready to wrap up, um, how can people learn more about you and about your services and grab a copy of your book? Where can people okay. find you? Alrighty, so I am so old fashioned. I have a Facebook page, which is Sherry Finney. It's C-H-E-R-R-I-E. -R -R -E, and then my last name, Finney, F-I-N-N-E-Y. You can reach me on um, Facebook through that. You can also reach me on Facebook through my company's name. Very easy. Hope, Care, and Love Home Healthcare Services. And then um, once again, I'm old fashioned. My email address, you can reach me at cfairby at hclhomehealth.com. And then I also, I give everybody my phone number because you'll call me if you need something or you want to chat about something. And if not, I just don't answer the call. So it's 757-323-7491. I'm located in Virginia Beach near Mount Trashmore. And I'm also um, on the Eastern Shore. And then my the book launch is, um, we're doing a, 
soft launch on May 20th. And then the actual event will be June 17th in Williamsburg. And I will be posting that daily throughout on both my pages. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you. All right, everyone. I hope that the conversation with Sherry was impactful and insightful. Please make sure that you check out the show notes uh, and follow her and grab a copy of the book that will be launching soon. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. As your host, I am grateful for you, and I invite you to share this podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Let's connect on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page or on Instagram at Marianne Rivera Dannert. You can also visit my website, MarianneRiveraDannert.com and sign up for some freebies as you start to live a fearless life. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.